Welcome to the Happy Paddling Podcast, where we talk all things paddling. All right, episode three has me up in Bend, Oregon. This is Ethan, and we're going to try to catch Dan down at his shop in Lodi on a crazy busy Friday. He said yesterday he had seven staff on board, and it was mayhem from start to finish. So the warm weather has hit, people are out wanting to play on the water, and the kayak shops and the kayak business is going crazy. Uh, Stand-up paddle boards probably starting to hit the water too, and uh, let's see if we can catch Dan here and uh, see what he has to say about it all. Uh, just so I got a nice shaky spot where I still have Wi-Fi and I don't have a forklift driving behind my bench. So. <laughs> I can't believe you escaped on, uh, I just started uh, hit record on this. I uh, can't believe you escaped today. How is it down there? Crazy? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I haven't technically escaped. My van's parked out front, so I guarantee I will be interrupted from time to time with something. That's well, as I figured, you and me both, I just had Nick come by, grab a bunch of stuff, so at least I'm free of that, uh, and had to run out for Claritin, because the juniper trees are going crazy. I haven't had allergies like this, like, ever since being in Bend. It must be yeah, uh, a, a lot. I wouldn't, think, I wouldn't think allergies. Like, down here, everything grows and has a bloom and blows into your, you know, but uh, in Bend, I would think it would be better. Yeah, it's crushing me, so maybe it'll sound clear. How do I sound with this uh, headset? Are you headsetting? I'm not headsetting. I couldn't find my deal, but you said the audio sounded good, so I figured I'd roll with it. Yeah, I was almost going to just disconnect this and do the same, so I guess I'll just roll with this, and hopefully it's fine. Uh, What's going on down there? Uh, A little bit of everything. Um, Yeah, we had some wild... It was wild this morning. I had a guy come and want to swap boats. He he had basically a brand-new 2019 boat that he's lived with for three months. He's rigged it all up, customized it. Started a channel, named his boat. His boat has an Instagram. And, uh, I mean, just like this guy's got way into it really quick. And uh, and then he saw, like, a newer boat. And he's like, man, that one actually looks pretty good, too. Would you swap me? And it's kind of a funny deal because, you know, some boats turn really well. Some you sit on a little bit. And the boat he wanted was a Blue Sky Boatworks, that catamaran deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the pedal drive. And I was like, you know, that thing's taking up an awful lot of space in the warehouse. He's got a native Titan, which is a real popular boat. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? I'll do the swap. I lost about 800 bucks on the swap. But I've been sitting on this boat for months. And the, the best part is he, he unloads his old boat. He called it Swamp Thing. So we parked his Titan there, and we're loading up his new boat. And I, I did a straight-across swap. Just to, I figured if nothing else, we'll get some marketing, promote it. And no sooner did I, like, walk inside to, uh, to do the paperwork, some other customer walks up. And then they get to talk and I walk back outside and he had already sold his old boat to somebody else. And so <laughs> basically sold it for full price. Whoa. Like, like one of your customers through the front door bought the bought or he sold it like in another way. Back. He sold it around the back door as he's loading up his new boat, sold <laughs> his used boat to somebody else. Oh, so you ended up not swapping. But kind of. I mean, I swapped, you know, and, and yeah. I basically said, here, Dave, I'll take your old boat. Here's your new boat. And then Joe customer walks up and buys. The it, old boat for the price tag that was on the blue sky. Anyway. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, that's good for that blue sky. Like, that's a new type of pedal craft to have a guy like that that's, like, broadcasting on all platforms that he's into it, right? Absolutely. That's why I was kind of willing to take a little bit of a hit on it just to, just to get it out there. Sometimes you get, you know, a critical mass going. You get two or three of a particular model or unit on the water. You get a few guys talking about them. And then all of a sudden, the awareness just grows through the community. And if they're fired up on it, then, you know, you'll sell, you know, handful or more, 
knows? So that Titan, native watercraft Titan, that that's a beast. I mean, super stable. What did he want out of the uh, the blue sky? Like the 360, be able to rotate around, or what? I mean, they're both stable. What was right, he? Yeah. Why would somebody choose one over the other? Yeah. Um, I mean, the walk around platform on the blue sky is completely unique. It's yeah. You sit up even higher, so you're kind of pedaling down on the pedals. You have this 360 like captain's chair, so if you want to turn sideways. You know, you get a good drift going down a bank. You can still control it from your, your captain's chair. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's just unique. It's something different. Like Totally. No, I thought, I mean. Everybody's got a pro angler and a Titan. And now he's showing up with a uh, a blue sky. And it's totally different. It's going to be a conversation piece and, you know, hopefully drive people to his channel. Sweet, sweet. So that is like, I mean, one of the more advanced pedal craft out there right now, I suppose, even kind of going away from the traditional kayak shape. Like you said, it's like a platform boat pedal drive. And yeah. then I figure, I mean, we don't want to get sucked into talking our own brands. Uh, let's talk about a brand we, well, you're affiliated with on some extent with your help with uh, the Reading store. But what do you think about the uh, the Hobie Passport? So going the other direction with pedal drives, bringing the price down. What are, what are you hearing? I mean, that was the new release, yeah. what, right at the beginning of the month, pretty much. Everyone's like, I'm seeing on the Instagram, everyone's receiving, all the shops are receiving their new pedal yeah. drive passport. And it's kind of. We could talk about the boat. We got to talk about how they branded and launched that. I think every company could take a serious lesson of how Hobie rolled that thing out. Right. I mean, just the timing. I love the idea of a spring rollout. Like this August stuff at the trade shows, and then it just gets lost in like. It's the end of the season. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, here's our brand new boat. None of you know about it. Like they, they did a really good job keeping it under wraps. Yep. Here's a brand new boat. We're going to release it on all platforms. We're going to have videos. The website's up. Like we're dialed. The, the marketing's already there. It's ready for you to consume. And not only that, they're showing up at your dealers tomorrow. So now not only are you like waving your banner, you've got a thousand other people out there waving the banner, getting their stoke going through their communities, through their Instagrams and doing YouTube walkthroughs. And all to have all that energy within one week and have it during demo season. So you roll it out and then shops already have them ready to demo. Like we'll be demoing that and ready this weekend. Um, yeah. It was really well done. I got to give Hobie props. Uh, oh, totally. I mean, I've been close to that where we rolled out, took orders and shifts. But the idea that they were on the road, I mean, that, that was, that's been our goal with other companies and nobody knew about it. I mean, dealers kept it quiet too, which was key. Oh, yeah, yeah. Impressive. Now the boat itself, like, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a Bic, uh, which is kind of like a Pelican, you know, that thermoformed, uh, road or thermoformed poly. Uh, so it has its limitations and hole molding and you could probably speak to that better than I could. I don't really understand it a whole lot, but you, know, you have a lot of experience with thermoform. Yeah. I mean, Bic was, do, has, and is doing this with boards and had on their kayak line. I mean, it definitely, I've once had an opportunity to represent that Bic kayak line when it first hit, had the wheel in the back, actually, they were one of the oh, first yeah. to do it. Right. And it's a twin sheet formed polyethylene sheet and those, the hulls are fused together. So it's, I mean, it's really cool because there is no, you know, manual adhering somebody standing over two pieces. It's fused together in the mold process. So it's kind of called twin sheet forming. Um, so, you know, unless there's some sort of major machine malfunction, that's a rock solid seam. I know there's been questions about that. Um, because I think there, is there some foam in that poly sheet that they're using? I'm, um, I'm not sure on that. Or is it just poly sheet? Sometimes I can't big, say, you know, I, big, I know it feels yeah. definitely stouter than like 
what's whatever Sun Dolphin's doing. You know, yeah. it, it seems quite a bit burlier than that. But um, just be thicker. So I mean, that's going to be the only way. You know, the, the speed of processing is faster than rotomolding. molding. Um, you know, it's it, it's pretty compelling. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they supply because those are being made in Europe. I assume the hulls are right. Right. I think I France. think France, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. 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 And the fact that they already own the drive, they own the technology. It's an it's an older model that's cheaper and simpler for them to make. Um, and then the fact the, the the volume that they can do it. I'm you know I'm assuming they've got their supply chain dialed in, and uh, it, it could really be a game changer. I think they're going to have to push it through different channels. Like they're going to have to kind of meet that volume. It would seem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that REI, their decision to start selling a few of their products in REI, like this was definitely part of that. Um, because I, you know, I do knowing REI members that like, there's a lot of folks there that shop there that this storyline resonates and aren't as hardcore using the pedal drive as a fishing tool might want to fish, but kind of casual. So, um, probably good for that. And it's always, you know, REI is a reputable company to fly the flag of a new model release too. And, and Hobie has pretty strict pricing policies. So I think everyone can be happy. Um, you know, I think this, I mean, a couple other companies have tried affordable pedal craft, but this is going to crack the nut of, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can promise you and know for a fact that some of the big three to four manufacturers that are in the space of chain box have designs for pedal craft sitting in the wings or close to it. I mean, I know one for sure that I'm more, you know, so this is going to crack the data for a lot of people to get, to go to this point. Um, so I think you'll see just like everything, right. The, the, um, splitting of the different categories, high end pedal craft, recreational pedal craft. It'll be the same thing as standard pedal paddling kayaks. And it, and it, it offers some legitimacy having Hobie be the one to, to really do it, to say totally. like, this is a thing. It's going to be a thing. You know, if you're looking at a thousand dollar paddle kayak, we're going to be very compelling to get you into a pedal drive yep. and it's going to open it up for a lot of these other companies to come in. You know, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say brands, but, but similar to the Dick Sporting Good, both like, like the Lifetime, you know, you see chair boats come out and then you see like Lifetime and Sundolphin have something similar, but just a little lower quality. I bet we'll see something like that in the pedal drive world. I mean, it's yeah. got to happen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, do they, you know, if the mechanics they have to get right and they'll experiment properly, but you know, that will open it all up, but it'll be, you know, it's, this is good. I mean, high tide you know, lifts all boats, the more people pushing, getting out on the water. And if yeah. this makes it easier for people to start kayak fishing at a beginner level with pedal drives, then, you know, you'll see some of them down the road upgrading into what you carry or what other stores carry from Hobie. So fun to watch for sure. Um, and you know, sometimes it's not really a bad thing when, uh, you know, we were talking about REI. I was thinking back to, uh, you remember when Eddie line went into REI? Yeah, I mean, yeah. We had quite the long talks. Those could have yep. been podcasts in themselves. Totally. I was pretty emotional about that. I remember I was fairly new, you know, to owning my business. It was nerve wracking to think like, well, now they can just go to like this big REI chain that everyone knows and loves. And, you know, they're, they're very reputable. How's that going to hurt my sales? And now I can honestly say, looking back on it, it was probably the best thing to happen to the brand and to our shop. Uh, as far as our Eddie line business, it, like you said, rising tide moves all ships. Like, we started seeing more awareness for the brand come in. We started seeing more people that wanted to to demo or, you know, take lessons. And it definitely didn't hurt our Eddie Line sales. It, it really actually helped, helped the brand, in my opinion. 
I mean, there are so many markets where there's not an independent specialty store and REI services that like I get calls from New Mexico and Arizona and, and Eddie line. It's helpful that way. I think some of those customers have driven to you to buy Eddie lines to get more, you know, so, uh, but, um, you know, that is one of the major things. I think a lot of REI members are very loyal and they're going to buy what REI carries. So sometimes that's good. You know, a healthy yeah. brand, like what Eddie line has been able to do, REI is a strong, you know, strong partner and has helped um, some of our off season production time, like to help strengthen a brand so that we could, I mean, we came out with two models with Eddie line this year and it used to always be kind of one a year yeah. and, you know, are actually almost four new models. So, you know, I think, I think there's something there too. And maybe there's more marketing budget to help support what you're up to and some of the models that you sell just because there's more diversity for the company. So and yeah, the, I think the other opportunity for small retailers like me is if you have somebody like an REI or a big shop that is you're waving the fr flag, well, there's going to create more awareness. And then you get independent guys like, you know, myself or a lot of other smaller retailers that can then own the content and have an authentic content. When you see it from REI, you know it's a corporation selling you stuff. When you see it from they you know, co -op, by Dan the way. Arbuckle, whoever on the dock talking about it and talking about their experience, like that, that almost holds more weight. So there's this big opportunity for small shops to get in and do that sort of thing and to own that content. Well, I think it like almost put the afterburners. You're like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sort these. I'm going to be willing to do rack installs or customizations. And I mean, REI themselves, I think, I think they have a general policy to not say no to a customer. So when a customer comes in with kind of a more developed need and they know that they can't handle it, I mean, they're like the local store here in my town, like they were, they're one of the number one refers to yeah. the local indie. So I'm sure you're seeing, you know, you see some of that too. I mean, we had an REI in Stockton and honestly we outlasted it. It closed down, yeah. uh, which was pretty wild, but yeah, they were great because exactly they, they're trained that if you don't have the answer, you, you send them to the person that does, if you don't have that exact boat or you can't help them out, then let's try to serve that customer. So they had my number on file. If people wanted to rent kayaks, if people were talking kayak fishing, or if they were looking at an Eddie line model that they didn't sell, because if I'm not mistaken, they only sell a few models and a few colors. They don't have the full range. Right. Yeah. So they were trained to then send them to us. So all the time they'd be like, Hey, didn't even know about your shop. REI sent me over here. Totally. So, I mean, it's always, you know, and then some stores just say it's over and REI is moving to town, you know, and just kind of give up. And it's like, wow. I, you know, they do a good job of involving the community too. I've seen it on all sides, but having, opened them a few times with brands and had this conversation like we had and then never having seen it really bite an indie nearby them in a heavy way yet um at least one that's kind of willing to evolve it's yeah it's, well that's uh, that's something that's happening too that the older guard let's say of the kayak industry you know I, they're probably a little tired if, if you've been doing this 30 years like do you really like want to put yourself out there on on maybe youtube or like run an instagram page to keep this authentic authenticity probably not you're probably gonna like try to pay somebody and i feel like uh it, somebody that's young and like hungry and willing to work for it and willing to put themselves out there really has a big opportunity uh to grow in this kind of this new space as opposed to some it's been there a long time i mean i just visited too i just drove since we last did this you know i went all the way out to bozeman to grab canoes through Spokane, over to Seattle, Portland, back down to you, California, to deliver some of those canoes and back. But some of those shops that have been doing it a long time, you know, they work as hard as anyone still, 
but they're just not comfortable being kind of like behind on those platforms or being behind the camera or having it go live. I mean, even our age difference, like your willingness to just quickly put yourself out there and comfort level, like it, you know, it's had to be a little bit of an adaptive for me and it was helped by my employee, Nick, who's, you know, even younger. And it's just like, you got to put it out there. The, yeah. These guys are there at their shop every day, but they just don't really see themselves. They don't want to see themselves online or don't want to see a camera. Pointing maybe, at them. I maybe asked the interview both of them. Because they're not looking at it that way. They're not seeing their world through or their, market, their brand through through their phones. It's just a whole different way of thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing, you know, we're interacting, our families are up there, you and I are sending videos, you know? So yeah, they're not, it's just not their, their platform of communication, but they, you know, they're still working as hard as ever. It, it, and there'd be a place for like a manager under some of those stores to like step up and do it, but they'll all tell you the same. It's hard to find a number one that wants to like grab the reins of their store and kind of take it forward. So, yeah. um, I've seen it a few times it's, it's kind of encouraging. I think I think we're seeing a, you know, like a West Coast sailing up there in Portland. The guy Seth, I've really been watching watching him. You know, he took over, or he stepped into somebody's existing business, but I feel like he's done a really nice job of uh, taking the reins and taking the brand and just really, you know, having a vision uh, for yeah. this new way of marketing. Yeah, he just sent me a request for a. Uh, something they're sponsoring like he's trying to get into the community or he is you know he's a whitewater yeah. paddler too i mean they're focused more on fit uh hobie stuff i don't think they're actually the fishing account but they, he's doing some custom oh he does no in fact i was sharing some of his builds with my team guys like dude check oh. out what this guy's doing he's adding like eight rails to an inflatable and uh, he's got a good eye for it yeah, he'll be he'll be in this business uh, for a long time, as long as he doesn't, you know, lose a boat, a kayak off his van into someone's car. Oh, uh, <laughs> Let's not talk about that. I can't believe I did that. I mean, You're I first. I, so I called you this morning. I said, "Welcome to the club." Um, there's, you know, there's two types of people in the industry. I think this is Renner's line. Kurt, he says, "Those who have lost a boat or a trailer, and those that are going to." Yep. So you got it out of the way, and luckily it didn't hurt. You know, nobody got hurt. Yeah, I got I got so lucky with that. You know, and I have a rule to set up my straps before I put the boat up there, and it's either on the ground untied or on the car tied. There's no in between. But I was walking up the dock with, a, it was my Denali over my head, and uh, somebody recognized me. And they're just like, Dan, what are you doing here? Is this, you know, your new boathouse or what's going on? <laughs> so, you know, me, I'm like super chatty. I walk over, and then I, ha I still have the boat over my head, so I just slide it onto my van. And I go and just chat, catch up, whatever, circle back to my van, take my paddling gear off, throw it in the van, and drive away. Yeah. <laughs> not even, no straps included. I pulled out into the road, hung a left-hand turn, and just heard it. It sounded like it bounced off my van 40 times before it hit the ground. <laughs> uh, it's an Eddie Line boat oh, crashing. I oh. mean, that's a – you broke – I mean, actually, with Nick, my employee, I've, I've told him you cannot have a conversation with people while strapping or rigging your you – like, do not let people do that to you. Because I've actually – I had a very scary situation from that as well. It's when you're in a conversation doing that important work, you know, it's like you just you miss steps um uh, i had it putting a trailer back on a tongue uh oh, wow. in the mission area like of san francisco at like 11 o'clock at night picking up a friend there with my trailer i had to unhitch to get around like this alley dumpster and she comes running out to say hi and i start i'm hitching up while saying hi to her I hadn't seen her in a long time and was bringing her back from the bay area to portland 
and I forgot to put the pin in on the uh, hitch. And then I got on the 580, 880, leaving the Bay Area, on a way up, like an on-ramp up high in the sky, and all of a sudden just sparks <laughs> and everything, and a pull, the trailer came off the tongue, dropped down as I'm slowing down. I didn't have a camper on. I had a shell. It just uh-huh. shoved like an old Eddie Line tandem through the back of the window. <laughs> yeah, you always had that plastic back window. I remember yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, this was the glass one. And so glass everywhere. And then I remember I had to rewire the trailer on this underpass like in oakland at 12 30 at night i'm on the ground this girl's like in the truck i was in the young 20s and i was so flustered i drove all the way to portland that night got back (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like okay get me home uh so you know all of that happened because i was in a conversation while reagan yeah so i'm glad nobody got hurt looked like it was in a residential area for you could have been more chill literally rolled off slid into the gutter and I, you could see it over on my Instagram, but I went and looked and I thought for sure I was going to have cracks Denali. Um, you know, my van would be all dented up. I, I have this old van. In fact, I'm sitting in it right now that uh, I probably like more than I should. You know, you shouldn't be that attached to material things. But this van is served as like my doghouse. Oh, that's I, it. Yeah, you have, of course you should like that thing. It's your office. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Anyway, so I first thing I'm like, oh, well, the boat will be fine. Boat's replaceable. But like, how's the van? And I had a small ding right between the racks. I could totally live with it. No chips in the paint. And then I walked over and seen the boat. I'm I'm expecting cracks all over. Now it had some road rash. It took a good bounce and uh, I threw it back up and I paddled it last night. So all good. All's well that ends well. I mean, those, like I said, I think I said in Texas, like that, you'll get more out of that story and the fact that the boat held yeah. up over, you know, then sorry about the van though. That's too, I mean, a part of this too, is you have been burning it hard. So you had a, the paddle fest in Lodi last weekend and it just went crazy. Yeah. And, I've and never had anything like that happen to me. So what was, um, I mean, uh, four or 500 people just all descended on your beach and you had called off all the rep support for the most part right so So i've been really driven to re i I try to rebrand things because like i see what doesn't work and i'm like i'm gonna make a change and try to represent this and so the idea being it wasn't a demo day we're gonna turn paddle fest into a true festival of like we're celebrating the start of the kayak season we're gonna have music and there's food trucks parked there and uh scavenger hunts and uh the giant sup race and just all these fun activities for people to celebrate the start of paddling season in Lodi. And then what we're going to do, instead of having rentals go out, we're going to move our entire rental fleet over to the beach and really try to have, a, you know, a, let's say the demos take place on the rental kayaks. Like, so people that are going out, you know, take it for an hour, bring it back, swap it out. What would happen is half the beach was that. And then we tried to have a small, like fenced in demo for like the people that were serious buyers that just wanted to try stuff. So we moved all like our pedal drives and our fancy eddy lines and things like that to that end. Uh, so at 9.15, we started at 10. At 9.15, the line started getting possibly long. And I'm like, I got to let these people in. Like, we're ready. Let's let them in early. So we did. And uh, by 10.30, like an hour after we opened the gates, uh, 250 kayaks were on the beach, kayaks and paddleboards, basically seats between tandems, paddleboards. Everything was on the beach. We're out of paddles. My employees were like, hey, we're out of life jackets. And I'm seeing like, you know, the wrong life jackets on the wrong size people. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. And I looked out <laughs> under each easy ups, 10 people waiting in each tent to go on. The yeah, that's stressful. And, uh, and, and again, we don't have our reps. 
like there was one rep there and um, you know, I had like 12 employees, but in a sea of 400 people, you might as well like just like just throw everything out there and then go hide for four hours. That's <laughs> what it was. Totally. And like all that nice stuff that you tried to like leave off to the side, maybe yeah. to like, oh. that just all got, it all went out no matter. I mean, it when you get that many people. Back. It was done. Chaos. The thing about that is, you know, a 10 year old, a six year old can appreciate quality. I mean, they can spot it with their eyes. So yep. you can like, you know, like <laughs> they know what's faster. They know what is going to be cool to try. So, you know, unless you straight up have a fence around this stuff, they're going to go for it, which is great, you know, but you know, yeah. some point. looking back, I would say like, I'm so happy that, you know, it ended well. Everyone was super stoked and the experience that people got was fantastic. Like I couldn't, couldn't tell how many people were like, man, my kid was thought he wouldn't like kayaking had to drag him out here and he left like he wants a new kayak. So there was a lot of positive that came out of it. And now that I have all 250 boats and paddles and back in my possession and kind of assess the damage, I could say, okay, that was cool. It was worth it. But I tell you what, the day of, um, I thought my heart was ready to explode. I thought I was going to have an aneurysm. I was so stressed out. Yeah. I mean, those big, you know, these demo days are often in paddle fest, like you, like two things are going on. There are some people that are coming for a calculated approach to a few products they're looking at. You tried to almost just say, don't, you know, uh, like we're going to be busy that may or may not be the best opportunity. And then the value of the promotional of a bunch of kids getting turned on the event I was at while you were doing that in Portland for Alder Creek kayak, the gentleman that was helping me on the beach some, I finally, we did have some help from one of the staff. He was in his like young twenties. Now I met him as a teenager when his dad brought him to that oh, to, turn, so cool. to turn him on to paddling. And then he ended up being an employee at Alder Creek and is like a lifelong paddler, you know, yeah, probably right. be the next. So, I mean, those promotional and you see a 12 year old out in a pedal driver, you go, no, he's not a customer. You know, he's not buying this $4,000 boat. They end up entering the industry. Some of them or at least, you know, like, down the road, you know, being shop employees and, uh, yeah, this well, event, told, that event, a lot of our boathouse staff that way, you know? Yeah, totally. They came yeah, from like, that. Wow. You seem into this. Like when you're 15, hit me up for a job. And when you tell a 12 year old that that sticks in their yeah. memory. Oh, that's what, um, that's where I'm headed to tomorrow will be the Tumalo Creek kayak and canoe, um, paddle festival here in Bend. Oh. His interview process. I think I may have mentioned this to you before. Like, begins with 20 kids that wanted jobs this summer <laughs> they show up at 7 a.m to help the reps and uh you know i think i like like i mentioned before some of them just leave by 11 a.m and some keep going so it's kind of like that's kind of he actually uses the event the itself. yeah business hiring process so does he actually pay them for the i mean actually i don't we don't need to get involved in that i'm really curious on like is it like a volunteer program and then you kind of just feel them out sort of like i do with my fishing team I think he, I think he does pay them for the day. Um, you know, cause it is a long day. I think he does. Or if they, you know, I guess he doesn't probably have all the W2s. He might even, you know, like just, um, I, you know, I'm not exactly not, sure how not, he does not, it. It doesn't matter. It's none of our, okay. that's awesome. Your audio is cutting a little sure. bit. Oh, am I? Um, just a little, just a little bit. Is that any better? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to be. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think. I mean, I know it's pretty funny. I mean, half of them just leave at at noon, and they're like, "This isn't for me." And then, you know, at the end, the owner Jeff asks us kind of like, "Who hustled for you?" And those are the guys that end up, or or gals that end up uh, working for him for the summer. So I love pretty, that. I love that so much. That's so cool. I just, um, man, I 
last weekend was the hundred yard carry after the event. So I always like mark Alder Creek's event as like, okay, that's the, the big work workload. Cause afterward we have to carry so far. I mean, your beach gets that way too. When they get all the way down there, I guess, don't they? Like, yeah, I, I looked at my phone at the end of the day and it was eight miles of walking. Literally the only place I walked was <laughs> from the beach. parking lot to the other end of the beach across. Like they just always, they freshly till the sand. So it's like ankle deep sand. And you're just dragging boats. It is so gnarly. I think we did eight miles that day total. And so, and then you finish this up, you clean up the mess, and now you're opening up like, which could be like one of your biggest operations, the Lake Comanche Boathouse, right? Like, or boathouses and doing a big like community paddle. Right. Yeah. And I feel like things, I mean, the the term viral gets thrown around a lot, but I feel like that's kind of how things are going right now with the shop and the, the whole Headwaters brand is we've seen steady growth but just the amount of people that are showing up to events and you know we've been doing this almost 10 years and this is the first year where it's like four times as many it's not like two or three more people show up but like if 10 people showed up this year to an event you can expect 40 wow or last year then it's gonna be four so yeah on our lake comanche opening day we're uh again we expected it to be our 30 people that normally show up and i think abba told me she had 300 people rsvp'd yeah, no, it's total. That's the idea. It's free if you have your own boats. Uh, we really wanted it just to be like, let's celebrate what Headwaters is up to. We want to show you guys our new facility. We want you to be a part of it. Uh, we want to guide you around and kind of see what you can expect when you come on our full moon tours or sunset paddles. So it's a community builder. Um, obviously, you can rent too, but I think there's only like 12 or 20 rentals or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just the crew, the people that want to be a part of the shop. It's super That's fun. Sweet. I mean, this, you know, what like the, in the marketing meetings, everyone's like, well, it's an experience-based economy right now. The millennials are buying experiences instead of product, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that reaches out to folks that just like, well, I'm on a kayak a few times a year and that and call it good kind of thing. And be, I'm sure some of them will end up kind of joining our ranks and getting way into it. But um, with them the opportunity, they, they either will because everyone wants to be a part of something. If you just sell the kayaks and then they just go out and they're they're kind of left on their own to either like make it fun or to like do it, they're probably like a third less likely than if you're like, here's your kayak and the next week we got this free thing going on and then we're doing a talk and then there's a uh, a Saturday skills clinic with a lot of paddle club that's free. Like you give them like the opportunity to be successful and they're going to be way more likely to become actual paddlers and have that, uh, you know, hook set moment we call it. Yeah, lead them to water. Um, that's pretty cool. I'll tell you one thing that got, you know, you like led me to water. I wanted, I was going to ask you, you did that video, I believe, of your little uh, kind of like basic kayak fishing shootout with a bunch oh, of people. Yeah. That was like, I enjoyed I watched that whole thing. Yeah, I watched it. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, that resonates with me. I just like less gear, you know, like my friends that are into climbing, they're like, you got to come climbing. I'm like, I'm drawing the line, no more gear. Like I'm not going to yeah. get it, you know? So I just love that you guys took these like, you know, relatively basic, like, I think some of the boats were like Bam's first boat, right? Like the total first entry yeah. level kayak. And you guys went out with minimal gear and fished like yeah. together. It's awesome. It's kind of what I wanted to get back to, man. I, I'm so, I don't want to say it. Like, I mean, obviously I'm selling this sport, so I got to be somewhat careful. But if I'm being very candid, I would say I'm, I'm so uninterested in the $6,000 builds. Like, not not that I hate it, because it, it is fun to, like, help somebody's dream come true. But I'm saying, like, for my own time and my own time on the water, 
I really like the idea of simplifying things and getting back down to paddling. And, and so I approached Greg Blanchard, who's a you know, professional YouTuber and a, a friend of mine through the shop and a couple of other really good, you know, Bam, who was my old rigger, who owns a rod company and Matt. I said, what would you guys think about this? If we just went out like we used to do in 2010 with a cheap kayak, two rod holders, and we just all sort of like circling around about it, like, yeah, let's do that. In fact, let's use, you know, we took that kayak in on last week, last week, let's do that. And then Bam happened to have a, uh, you know, like a, a keeper still kicking around his garage like it was his mom's. And then uh, and then I just grabbed, you know, whatever inexpensive one. And, and then Greg grabbed one of my native demos because he's on the native team. And we went and did it. And, you know, we, we did a four-mile float. took us all day. And all of us walked away saying, like, man, that was the most fun we've had on the water in years. And, and these are guys that are fishing every weekend or doing month-long tournaments or, you know, traveling around the country competitively. Just to get out with your buddies, and we fished for a six pack. The biggest fish won a six pack. Yeah, it was great. Hey, that was that's Pat. I tell you, your your phone was cutting a little bit, but I think they'll get the gist of it. But because of that, and our our members, or if we have listeners uh, listening, I will uh, I will be sending a bending branches swag little package to the first person that uh should we use my app whose instagram do we want to use on this Let's happy paddle, and i think like, we need to drive people there all right well so you you know hit me up on happy paddling with a you know direct message or something and say enjoy the podcast i'll send you a little uh gear with bending branches stuff because you guys were using paddles on that one i'll send yeah. a little gear to them and maybe we'll, you know not just going to be my brands but i just received all my uh goodies from bending branches so you know if you watch dan's fishing video that he's talking about on his youtube channel headwaters kayak it's like the they're the, uh, about 10 12 15 minutes get inspired by that send me a note on the happy paddling instagram no g at the end of that and we'll send a little goodies out i mean i saw that and i was like i have all that gear i can do this it was totally approachable and um, that's how i want to get into it i mean i think the people that are doing the crazy builds and all the tech i mean because they're going and going all day in big water and you know they're using it all the time so it's easy to justify i think you and i are like you know we got busy families we got a million things going on we tend to be like the grab and go guys you know yep yeah three hour tour use it Speaking of that, I mean, I, I know you're trying to wrap up, but I got to talk about canoes and just get your take on what in the world is happening with canoes. <laughs> it's, it's awesome, right? I just sold, I, I know you sold one this morning. I did yep. as well. Um, the, de- uh, the demo that I was at uh, in Portland, there was a ton of canoe interest, both like longtime canoeists and then also the family. The family's starting to see it. What are you seeing? Well, first, we sold... All right, we just looked at the dollar amounts, and we sold the same dollar of canoes this year as we have eddy lines. Whoa. How about that? Whoa. Wrap your head around that. I couldn't believe that. I almost fell out of my chair. Huh. Early and on. Wow. Across the board. So we're seeing a few different customers. Like we had uh, – we sold two solos yesterday, husband and wife, longtime kayakers. They saw a the idea of a solo canoe, somebody paddling a solo canoe with a double-bladed paddle, and they – you know, they saw how light it was and said, hey, this is only like 30 pounds. Then through their research, they found North Star Canoes. They heard about our shop. They saw some of the videos that we had done on the particular models. And they came in and said, hey, you know, what do you, would you guys think about this? As we get older, we're longtime kayakers. What would you think about using a solo canoe as a kayak? And Bill and I are both, you know, of 
course, like we're canoe. It's like, yes, and thank God, like <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. And so we got them in a couple of solos. And then during the same demo, we had a, a young guy, probably in his early 30s from Sacramento with a kid. And he paddles the uh, Lower American River. Him and his dad have always had like a tandem Winona. And um, I mean, he came in. He was just like ready to get into boating. So he paddled my IXP Phoenix with the float bags. And he was just completely so excited, so sold on it. But a lot of young people, a lot of families, and the occasional longtime canoeists. But for us, it's it's new faces, which you know is what? super inspiring. I think is happening there is like I'd be on a demo beach and the customers or a family would describe what they needed to do. And he, it's just, I'm like, you want to put two adults, two kids and a dog and you're looking for kayaks. Like you guys need a canoe. Right. And I think a ton of people's vision, the second you say that word in their brain, they just see like a heavy aluminum canoe or some plastic canoe they used at summer camp 20 years ago and had a terrible experience. And it's so, when you, you can see it on their face, they're like, they're gone. Yeah. And you know, you've been doing this like, video stuff I have and there's more information out there more accessible and people may be seeing it and they're like oh that's a canoe oh the, the boat that that eight-year-old just carried down to the beach like my kid was doing at your demo day you know or seven at yeah. the time and they're like oh like so whenever I bring that up to people I'm like listen I'm gonna say something you're not gonna like but <laughs> you have to like I mean you should try a nice canoe as you are trying right. nice kayaks right now, like something that can perform. And and now I think that customers are just seeing that um, because of all the video stuff out there and YouTube, they're starting to see, they're redefining what a canoe in their brain is to them. Like you just said with this customer yeah. uh, and well, not seeing it as. And if they see it too, like I'm a firm believer that people are going to watch what the people from the shop are doing and that's, that holds weight. So, you know, when you got, you know, we're doing all these overnight trips and then we're doing, you know, when Bill and I float the river, like we could paddle anything. We prefer our canoes. It's not a marketing ploy. It's, it's us doing what we enjoy on our off time. And when people see that, it holds a lot of weight as compared to, uh, you know, just telling them canoes are the future. Uh, see, they see you actually use it. And then they're like, all right, if you, if they believe it, we believe it kind of a thing. I mean, in the lightweight game, I just, you know, there were several customers at the demo over the weekend that wanted to get sub 35 pounds and they were asking me what kayak I had or, you know, but they needed a larger capacity boat. And it's just, you can't, you know, unless you, you're starting to get into a real fragile kayak. If it's a two piece kayak, sub 30 pounds and over, you know, 10 to 12 feet, that's yeah. so canoe is the way to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's it's fun to watch. And then I'm also just like, Oh, I have to get those. I have to, you know, every one of these has to be hands on. Really really like it, the, the ideal situation is it's like, okay, 20% growth every year for the next, you know, five years or whatever, instead of like 300% growth <laughs> in a year. And you're like, well, how do we deal with this? But, uh, as a paddler, it is really fun and inspiring to see. Yep. And then also, I just think people are now, not allowing internet-based preconceived notions to necessarily sway them as much too. So when they're like, oh, I need a kayak, I need a kayak. Now they're like, let me look around a little bit. Like people have their filter on a little bit yeah. more. So when their friend tells them you should buy this, even that isn't as powerful as it used to be. I mean, you know, that was always the hardest sale in the past was they come up and say, my oh, friend yeah. says I need this. And you're like, but it's not the right thing. Now you can be like, oh, that's cool. Have you thought about this? And they're more open-minded to it. I don't know. Maybe just like uh, you almost have to win them over to tell them the truth. It, and it, and you would think like, okay, I'm going into the store and 
you know, of course you got to be somewhat skeptical, but if somebody's like you or I, like, Hey, we, we've done this an awful long time. We spent our lives as paddlers. You can trust us, but it, it doesn't matter. The, the weight of their opinion of their friend that says, Oh, if you're going to paddle, you have to have a sit on top or whatever. Even if they're like 110 pound ladies that want to go touring on lakes, um, you know, the friend's opinion has holds such weight. Uh, but I agree. I think we're starting to see people win them over. And one way of doing that is like educate, pre-educating them before they come in. Like if you can connect with those people, like we do a lot of YouTube reviews and, and overviews and walkthroughs. And if you can sort of like have your pitch over the internet and then they come into your shop and they hear the same thing, you, you've already kind of made that connection and won them over a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about that last time at the same time, like at that sportsman show, we were working together, you know, we're like, gosh, I don't know why they wouldn't take my advice. I've been doing there. Like, and you were mentioning, well, they don't really know who you are. You know what your background is. You're just kind of a scruffy guy that rolled out of his truck to, sell. <laughs> to that end. I just shaved today. I, I don't think in the last two years I have shaved inside of a house. I've been using my van, my truck mirror because then all the, like the little shavings don't end up all over the countertop. I don't know. Uh, it is. <laughs> a poor system shaving in your bathroom because yeah i mean especially me i kind of like run a little bit of a scruffy beard yeah hit the trimmers it makes this huge mess yeah i don't i'm doing i use the uh lithium trimmers and i just go out to my truck and i tweak the mirror you know so it's outward facing i have <laughs> probably in the last couple of years i don't think i've shaved inside in years <laughs> so, That's there's a little road you know the little road trip but and i also don't you know like you i don't think i use a razor it's just i don't need to get that down yeah. to, to yeah, gonna be that close like I, I need to be. I just need to be close to the face. That's all. Yeah. So I'm trying to clean myself up. So when I give advice tomorrow to folks that might, you know, be 20 years my senior, I at least uh, look the part a little bit better. Um, so no, I mean I wasn't necessarily trying to wrap up. I would wrap canoes forever. But uh, what else are you seeing? Anything else? Uh... Well, I mean, yeah, we could. I could go on. It's been a. Uh, it's been pretty wild and woolly. Just. Let you back. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, I, I'll let you back to your shop. Probably exactly. people knocking on your door. It's weird. We got so right now we have customers coming, you know, picking up or dropping off to get work done. You got that whole side of things, and then I've got dealers picking up uh, orders for, you know, we do some warehousing and distribution and just serve as sort of a hub. And then the outfitter business, setting up outfitters, has been crazy this spring. But outfitters are popping up more and more. So between all those things, the three of us. I mean, uh, those three things, the bunch of us here at the shop are like, we're cross-eyed at the end of the day. We're all like, man, that, that outfitting thing <laughs> but, is so fun. I wish I, you know, had more product in my lineup to go for that. You, I've definitely been recommending your stuff, the feel free boats for that. I mean, and what you've been distributing, those are stout for that purpose. Good success. That wheel on the keel too is, is great for a rental operation. It needs to be portable and you got to roll their boats around yeah. and uh, they just, they hold up. So yeah, it's been a good, good thing for us for sure. Well, this is basically like a business call. You and I, that's perfect. Just, yeah. I don't even think we bit our tongue that much. That's great. Um, this is I don't kind know of what we I... right? Like we wrap <laughs> about this stuff anyways. This is literally like just sitting in on a phone call. <laughs> I have a bunch of audio from the weekend. Some of it's windy of like uh, when I was walking the beach, I had Bill Keeper, the vice president of Winona and current designs. Winona, like I grabbed some audio from him, his rep since 1976 out here. Kurt Renner, we mentioned um, Sterling Donaldson from Sterling kayaks. I have some audio, so I'll maybe cut some of that together so people can kind of see what we've been doing on these weekends a little bit, you know, the demo weekend and we are right in it. So, you know, if you're listening and you're interested in paddling, um, um, 
you know, find your local demo day and um, they're just fun to hang out and kind of enjoy the culture a little bit, right? Absolutely. Cool. All right, Dan. Uh, yeah, good luck. Say hi to everybody down there and uh, everybody happy paddling, right? Absolutely happy paddling, you guys. All right, see ya. See ya.